Welcome to the Cinema Rat, where we celebrate the greatest and worst in Hollywood films and their most self-indulgent, narcissistic actors, directors, and producers. Here, we will laud and malign Hollywood's seedier elements with levity and humor. They love cinema as much as anyone does. They've been talking about it for over 30 years. Time to get trashy. Here's Gregory and May. Hello, everybody. This is Gregory, and welcome back to another episode of The Cinema Rag. I hope you're doing well today. Today, we're going to talk about actress Michelle Williams. I find her career to be fascinating and an aberration from the large majority of actresses that are contemporaneous with her. Now, most people probably know Williams from her several year stint on Dawson's Creek. I do remember when Dawson's Creek came out because I was living in Alaska at the time and it was a it was a big deal. It was in the zeitgeist and it had a moment. And I don't think anybody in the season one of that television show could have anticipated that she was going to be the one that <laughs> would have four Oscar nominations by the age of 42, a Tony nomination. And she also has an Emmy. So kudos to to Williams for for having that accomplishment. But I think that the thing that makes me find her career to be exceptional, and I don't I don't necessarily mean like exceptionalizing good, but to the exception to the norm, and that's not to say I don't think she's a good actress, is that she has continuously and consistently eschewed mainstream Hollywood movies. And if you look at some of her contemporaries, you can look at her co-star from Brokeback Mountain, for example, like Anne Hathaway, if you look at Kate Hudson, if you look at Amanda Seyfried, if you look at a large majority of those, those, those actresses from the late 30s to early 40s, all of them were involved on either mainstream rom-coms or comic book movies, even someone like Natalie Portman, who's done a, a decent amount of auteur work and indie films, has been, of course, in in the Thor movies. Well, you look at Williams' career as a whole, with some exceptions like Venom and the Oz movie, has not really done mainstream movies, and she's been active now for 30 years. And so I wanted to do a quick filmography of her, but mostly just talk about how I think she has a very unique life, and some of the choices that she's made have, have been very not like the majority of actresses out there. So she was doing movies prior to Dawson's Creek, no doubt, but Dawson's Creek kind of gave her that opening uh, to to get the more mainstream Hollywood movies. She was in the Halloween movie. I mean, how many Halloween movies have we had? But Halloween H2O, 20 years later, that was in 98. I think her biggest role during this time in the late 90s was Dick. And Dick, she did with Kirsten Dunst. And Dick got her a lot of publicity. That's the movie that took place in the 70s with Richard Nixon. And I think that showed kind of like the first glimpse that she could be a serious actress. And then the real big one that she got was Brokeback Mountain. So Brokeback Mountain, of course, I don't don't think I need to tell people what what that movie was about. She plays the wife of Heath Ledger's character, and I'm assuming that's where they met. And of course, they had a relationship up until his unfortunate death, and they have a daughter together who is at least probably 12 years old or so. And that movie showed a lot of range. It was a drama, of course, but it showed a lot of range. And I even remember watching that Angling movie when it came out. And I was like, wow, 
Hathaway, Hathaway at that point had already done some other work, so I wasn't too shocked, but Williams really was quite impressive in that. And then she goes on this, this road of just indie movies because after Dawson's Creek, no doubt she was probably given a lot of offers to do what what is expected to be done of a, a woman in her early 20s. She was the youngest co-star on Dawson's Creek. She was, I believe, 18. And so when Dawson's Creek was over, I mean, she's only 23, 24. So she has the, the, the fame of that show. Plus, she shows range in Brokeback Mountain. So she could have gotten a lot of the typical roles, but she chose not to do Hollywood. She chose to do a lot of indie movies. And we're not going to touch on all of these, but she did, for example, Wendy and Lucy, Synecdoche, New York, Blue Valentine, Meek's Cutoff. And I remember Meek's Cutoff. That, that's a, that's a, a Western movie that deals with, with pioneers. And uh, Blue Valentine, man. Blue Valentine's the one she did with Ryan Gosling. And that is a brutal movie. If you want to feel depressed about marriage, go watch Blue Valentine. And, and Blue Valentine is, is an absolutely amazing movie. And it essentially chronicles a dysfunctional marriage. So, so in the movie, her character gets impregnated by like a Chad. And so Ryan Gosling's character, and they're, they're like in, uh, I believe it's like small town New York. And he decides to marry her and take her on and, and raise this this child. And then you you see kind of like they flash back to when they meet and then they they do present time, which is like the child by now is like four or five, six years old. And then you just see the deterioration of their marriage. And it's juxtaposed along with how they were happy early on and how they were courting. And then ultimately the ending is, is very sad. I mean, nobody dies, but it's just it's an exceedingly sad movie. And it's. And it's just a, a really good movie. Shutter Island, I, I would say, is probably her only foray into like a large movie. That Scorsese's movie with, of course, uh, DiCaprio, who's Scorsese's is Muse. And the interesting thing is, is during this time, she wanted to do a lot of movies that were kind of indie oriented, but she was dealing with Heath Ledger's death. So Heath Ledger overdosed and they believe it was like early 2008 so when it came to blue valentine i think originally that was supposed to be in a california setting but she turned it down because you know she had a young daughter and she's always been pretty vocal about wanting to stay away from hollywood and just the excesses of hollywood and how how essentially growing up on dawson's creek in late teens early 20s was nice because it, it was it was in north carolina they didn't film that in new york or a hollywood lot and so she uh, wanted to do the movie, but she was like, I'm sorry, I'm going to turn it down because I don't want to go back to essentially California and be around the paparazzi, especially after Ledger's death. I mean, she certainly was a prime target for that. And so they decided and, and Gosling approved uh, they were going to move the movie and bring essentially the movie to her. And uh, they filmed it close to where she lived so she didn't have to dislocate and it was in a quiet rural area. By the way, she got nominated for that. That was her second Oscar nomination after Brokeback. And then My Week with Marilyn, 2011, she got an Oscar nomination for that. Again, another small independent movie. I do remember watching it and thought that she did a good job. I didn't really have an issue with it. And I think, I mean, that movie is certainly a more approachable movie than uh, Anna de Armas's uh, version, which, I mean, I could watch like 20 minutes of and I couldn't, I couldn't watch it. But not necessarily because her, her portrayal of, of Marilyn was bad. I just didn't like the movie. 
Then she does Oz, the great and powerful, and she's on record of, of for doing that because she wanted to do it for her daughter, kind of like how Ben Affleck, one of the reasons he chose to do Batman is because he wanted to, to kind of impress his young son and say, like, I'm, you know, I was, I was, I'm Batman and so forth. So she does that movie. That's a, one of the few forays into like a large movie. That's the one with James Franco. And I, that movie did not work, in my opinion. Then she follows that up with Manchester by the Sea. Manchester by the Sea. But, I mean, to talk about talk about loving the depressing movies. Manchester by the Sea, if you haven't seen this, this is Casey Affleck. And the movie's essentially about him and his son. And you find out in flashbacks that he was involved in the the unintended death of the I think a child or children that he had with Michelle Williams. And so there's this 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 whole movie, there's just like this heaviness that pervades it, and you don't really know why. And she's actually in the movie very, very few scenes. But the scenes that she's in is just just like very very heavy and just i mean just beautifully acted so she does that get another indie movie she gets a oscar nomination for that so i mean she already has at, at such a young age again she's only 42 she's pulling off all this indie movie run and again the temptation could easily be to do more mainstream but she doesn't she does certain woman after that in 2016 and then she does all the Money in the World, which is a movie about the, the Gettys and how one of them was kidnapped in the 1970s. And uh, she plays a role in that. And she also does The Greatest Showman, which is, of course, a very large movie, the one with Hugh Jackman. And she plays a role in that. Again, one of her few forays into, into a large role. And during this time, I forgot to mention, she's doing theater. She did a revival of Cabaret on Broadway. And she did also... Uh, Blackbird, a, a, another play. And so you, you look at those two, which are singing, and then you look at Greatest Showman, another one where she's singing. And uh, she's got range of talent. She's uh, nominated for a Tony Award for her work there. And uh, you know, working in Broadway, like she did that for a year. Like how many actresses are going to be like, you know, I'm at the peak of my acting career and we know that women unfortunately the large majority of them they have a very short shelf life when it comes to acting when they can get roles and she's like you know what i i don't care i'm going to spend an entire year doing what seven eight shows a week that's brutal but again i think it says a lot about her priorities and her career and that she chooses the large majority of the time to do a lot of indies in theater and again i think that's what makes her exceptional then she does her first and only comic book iteration, which, which she does with Venom. Uh, she does uh, Fosse Verdon, which is a effects television show she did about three years ago where she plays Gwen Verdon, who's kind of like the lover collaborator with Bob Fosse, the famous choreographer. And again, she's singing, she's dancing in this, in this role, and again, it shows her versatility. And I think most recently, she is getting Oscar buzz again for doing The Fablemans, which is Spielberg's movie, essentially about his childhood in the 1960s. And she plays Spielberg's uh, mom. And the, there's a child version of Spielberg, of course, and she plays the mom. So I just, I think her, her, her career is interesting and her personal life's interesting as well. She's been... She was with Ledger. They were not married. And then she married, had a, a whoops starter marriage 
about four years ago where she was married to a guy for, I think, less than a year. And then she married a, a gentleman by the name of Thomas Kale and had two kids with him uh, recently. Actually, last year she had her second child with him and her third overall. So again, Michelle Williams, I, I, I do know that May does not find her to be a good actress. She finds that she has a very narrow range. I, I, I could see where she's coming from, but I think that her her reputation post Dawson's Creek is kind of the downer indie movies. So if you look at Blue Valentine, for example, if you look at Meek's Cutoff, if you look at Manchester by the Sea, these are downers, right? These these are downer movies where she kind of plays one role, but then she does have range. I mean, she does do Greatest Showman. She does a lot of singing. She doesn't do a lot of comedies, obviously, since the late 90s, but I think she is talented, and I think her acting style, to me, I would describe as kind of a naturalist. She's a naturalist. Is she going to do British period movies? Probably not. But she has a certain lane that she's very good at. And I think, unlike some of the other actresses that we've mentioned in previous episodes, I do see Michelle Williams, even after she loses her her beauty and her youth, is going to continue to get roles. She's going to continue to get roles. She might get an Oscar for The Fableman, so that'll be her fifth nomination and first Oscar win. But she's going to be one of those actresses, I think, that's just going to continue to get roles through her 40s and 50s and 60s. And I just think that she's underrated. I mean, I think people in Hollywood know that she's talented, but just from the general person out there, if you were to tell you, hey, you know, Michelle Williams from Dawson's Creek has four Oscar nominations, I think most people would be surprised. And so I wanted to, like Margot Robbie, who has vastly different careers, but I wanted to do an episode on Williams because I think there's a lot of things that you can respect about how she's living her life, kind of like with Robbie too, but just different roads, but how she just it's tempted to do the mainstream Hollywood movies, but she continues to stay in the indie lane and think how much money she's leaving on the table. We talked about, or we're going to talk about Tom Cruise filmography part three, how Cruise has made $8.5 trillion in the box office, and he's estimated to be worth $600 million. And so when Williams in the peak of her career and the peak of her beauty is continuously choosing to do indie movies she's leaving money on the table she could be doing a lot more mainstream movies uh definitely get into the intellectual property movies like more venom do marvel and all these things and be making a lot more money but you can tell based on her track record of doing a lot of indies and then spending a significant time on broadway which takes her away from from mainstream movies that can make her money. That she doesn't really seem to care about money. And it's like it's not not to say that she hasn't made good money from from doing the the few mainstream Hollywood movies that she's done. But it's just refreshing to see somebody who hasn't essentially sold out to Hollywood, and that she's still principled to her children. She's principled to her 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 choices, and it's just refreshing to see that. And so I wanted to give her credit. Guys, I'll post a comment over at the Cinema Rag Facebook page if you think Michelle Williams is a talented actress. Until next time, take care, God bless, and pray. Thanks for listening to the Cinema Rag. Please post an honest review on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you listen to your podcast. Check out the episode notes to visit our website and to make a donation. Lastly, follow the rag today. Until next time.